Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to another episode of Broadway Nation. Welcome to the Rock and the podcast that tells the remarkable story of how immigrants, Jews, queers, African-Americans, and other outcasts invented the Broadway musical and how they changed America in the process. I'm David Armstrong, and I call this episode On the Shoulders of Giants. You are here at the start of the moment On the edge of the world Where the river meets the sea Today, my guests are Irene Sankoff and David Hine, the dynamic writing team and married couple that created the giant international smash hit musical, Come From Away. Five productions of Come From Away have recently reopened on Broadway in Toronto, London, Sydney, and on tour across America, and a live filmed version of the show is currently streaming on Apple TV+. Irene and David have been honored with 2019 Olivier Awards for Outstanding Achievement in Music and Best New Musical, as well as 2017 Tony Award nominations for Best Musical, Best Book, and Best Score, and a 2018 Grammy nomination for Best Musical Theater Album. In this conversation, we explore how Come From Away fits into the history of the Broadway musical, who were the musical theater writers from the past that influenced Irene and David, and what classic musicals inspired them. We'll also look back at their first musical, which was titled My Mother's Lesbian Jewish Wiccan Wedding. But first, I wanted to find out how they got started on the road to Broadway in the first place. Welcome. Welcome to you both. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. So I started just loving dance and seeing uh, Broadway review shows and just being obsessed with them and memorizing choreography and writing music videos in my living room. I was a dance major in high school. I have a hypermobility syndrome, so that meant that I was not going to be a dancer, even though it sounds like being hypermobile would be a good thing, but I was also just injured all the time. And then I went into theater in university, which is where I met David. Then I switched out of theater, (laughs) not because I met David. But unrelated circumstances yeah, and went into psychology, then picked up creative writing, then did a master's in acting, and then kind of did a combination of acting and teaching kids with learning challenges. 
David and I never saw each other because we were doing day jobs and also trying to perform. He was a singer songwriter. I was an actor. We never saw each other. So we were like, well, I know what we'll do so we can hang out. Let's write a show together and perform in it. If Irene grew up on musical theater, she watched every musical. Her mom took her to the cheap seats at lots of musicals. At or the like the high seat. school versions of things because yeah. that's what was around where we lived. I grew up on folk music and my mom took me to the Winnipeg Folk Festival to see tons of people perform. I think the first musical I saw was only in university and it was Phantom or Cats at, at that point. But when I met Irene, she introduced me to Rent. She introduced me to a million different musicals and quickly I, I kind of fell in love with that. And I introduced her to a lot of guys playing acoustic guitar music. <laughs> yes. Uh, and so Come From Away to some degree is a marriage of those two musical styles. A literal marriage. Yeah, a literal marriage. marriage. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there was a summer where we just weren't feeling like we saw each other enough and we thought, why don't we write a musical? I think looking back on that, we had no idea how hard it was. And at the same time, we put on a show called My Mother's Lesbian Jewish Wicked Wedding, which is a true story. We like true stories about my mom and how she came out to me and discovered her sexuality and rediscovered her Jewish faith. We put it on in the fringe and suddenly it sold out. This was in the Toronto fringe. We were in a little 80 seat house at the back of this little bar. Which the is now a condo. That's <laughs> the way it goes. Anyway. And then the Mervishes, the largest Canadian theater producer, came to see it all of a sudden and picked it up. We had a couple months to write an extra half hour for it. And we put it on in a 700 seat theater in Toronto and it ran for months and months. We started not having any time to see each other and suddenly we we're hip to hip and working together all the time. So it worked really well. Amazing. And when did love enter the picture? Oh, right. Oh, well, okay. we were married already at that yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, no, we met in university. We started dating. Wow. Okay, hang on. It was 95? 95? Yeah, it was a couple of years after. We, yeah. were, we were friends first for a long time. And then eventually we started dating each other and it was even better. And so we were together for a long time in Toronto. Irene came down to get her master's in acting and I followed her because I was in love with her. I got to work in a Muppet recording studio here that Irene's uncle owned. So we got a lot of wonderful opportunities mm -hmm. within that and also got to see a million shows and drove back and forth between Toronto and New York, just listening to every musical we could and singing them to each other. I still miss those drives. You know, it's yeah. harder with a kid. Well, and with a successful career where people want you to be somewhere, when we didn't have <laughs> jobs or a kid or friends, we could just drive and talk about musical theater. It so. was so much easier when we didn't have to work, wasn't it? Yeah, oh, exactly. yes. <laughs> exactly. What were some of those shows that you obsessed over as a kid? Sure. Okay. The first musical I ever saw was Guys and Dolls, and I was obsessed. And then I saw Damn Yankees and going downtown in Toronto during the magnificent 80s to see all of the mega musicals that were there at the time. So like Crazy For You and Phantom of the Opera and Ragtime, Showboat, Cats, Les Mis, of course, like a lot. I saw Les Mis a lot <laughs> because it was like 15 bucks in the back row. And at the time, like it cost the same pretty much to see a movie in Toronto. So I was like, well, I'd rather see this again. And then I guess as I got older, I remember I was obsessed with Once on this Island for like 10 years before I got a chance to see it. Into the Woods was amazing. <laughs> this is embarrassing, but I lived in the suburbs. So I was obsessed with the movie version of A Chorus Line. I also had the cassette of the Broadway, but generally speaking, 
we didn't get to see a lot of stuff unless it came through on a tour. When I saw a chorus line, I guess like five or so years ago, I just realized that, oh my gosh, I know the whole thing off by heart. And I was like, oh wait, I think it did influence the writing of Come From Away, even though I wasn't aware of it until I was sitting there, like basically reciting all the lines along with the actors. I think that's the way writing works. So much of it is in your head somewhere and you don't even understand where the influence came or what even you wrote till after it's done. Especially a sequence like Hello 12, Hello 13, Hello Love is in a way a sort of mini version of Come From Away. It's a whole cast of people and we're in all of their heads all at the same time. Secret, my whole life was a secret. One little fart! And they called me stinky for three years! I only heard that on the cassette, right? Like, it's not yeah. in the movie where I sat watching yeah. over and over again. But I also think at the ballet, right? Like, they have their monologues, like, intertwined with the music there as well and the repeating refrains. And going in and out of song and in and out of dialogue in such a masterful way. Exactly. Yeah, I've only seen the stage production, I think, three times? Like, I think twice on a tour. I think I've only seen it once. Did you only see it at Stratford? Yeah. Yeah, okay. But I still made him listen to the cassette because we had a car that had a cassette player at one point. Irene was my musical educator. I feel like it's similar with a lot of shows that they, they go into your subconscious in that way. You stand on the shoulders of giants, whether you acknowledge it or not. Every show is based on you seeing a show and falling in love with the theatricality of it and then building off that. I think part of what influenced Come For Way, at least, but also what influenced my mother's lesbian Jewish Wiccan wedding was certainly fourth wall breaking. That show was built on a song. It was a silly song that I'd written. It just said the words, my mother's lesbian Jewish Wiccan wedding over and over again. Uh, and that was the joke of it. My mother's lesbian Jewish Wiccan wedding was nice. Not your typical wedding. It was out in a field and nobody threw rice. I held the hook and it was pretty good and you should have seen my Uncle Larry get a look at my mother's lesbian Jewish wicked wedding was great. There was all kinds of food and after the food there was cake. Me and my band played a couple of tunes and my mom's jumped over a pot and a broom. True story. My singer-songwriter act would be that I would sit on stage and I'd tell stories and then I'd sing a song that, you know, the story would be about the song or the song would be about the story or vice versa. And you'd just talk to the audience back and forth. And sometimes in the middle of it, I'd get audience ideas. It was all interactive. And so when we started doing theater, it was a lot of, I'm going to tell you a story, hi, everyone, that came from that singer-songwriter aesthetic. And then adding in a scene next to you that could play and then stepping into that scene and commenting on that scene and commenting on that song. I think the chorus line dynamic played well with that to some degree. And then when we started writing Come From Away, we didn't even really agree that it was a musical for the first little while. Because my background is like straight plays. I don't even like that term because what does that mean? Yeah, plays. Thank you. Plays. Non-musical plays. (laughs) Non-musical plays with plays that only have underscore sometimes. Yeah. Almost everything we wrote, I'm like, really think this is a musical? (laughs) 
<laughs> but I'd grown up on folk music and that included a ton of Newfoundland music. And so I knew not only was it amazing music and this incredible original sound that had never been heard on Broadway, not that we were aiming at Broadway at that point, but it, I'd never heard on stage in a musical, but it was in the DNA of the people out there. You really needed it to tell the story. And the music was how they had gotten through their winters. The music was how they had done this. But our initial model for this was the Laramie Project. It was going out, let's do some interviews. And the interviews were so good and the verbatim was so amazing especially for a show about people from around the world everyone's speech patterns and stories and their perspective on the story and their unique history of it we really wanted to capture so the laramie project and jumping quickly from one thing to another and trying to pack in as many stories as possible was where we started and then once we realized the music was important it became a way to facilitate us telling all of those stories and i think all of those things combined in a pot to create comfort one well, in some ways, it's easier to jump time and space in a musical idiom than it is in a non-musical play form. Yeah. Oh, completely. Especially when you are in Canada and don't have much of a budget and blackouts aren't going to work, but you can switch the music. Yeah. You know, there's many sections in Come For Away where each actor or some of the actors each say one line, one line, one line. They're just iterating the things that they were given on the plane or the things that they saw one after another. And in a play, without any any music, it would feel disjointed, but you put it to music and suddenly it feels lyrical. It's a chorus all jumping in together. Exactly. So connect us from my mother's lesbian Wiccan wedding to Come From Away. Sure. So you're a big hit off Broadway, in essence, in Toronto. Off, off, <laughs> in Toronto. We had a lot of fun moving around North America with that show, performing in it. We brought it to the, the Nymph Festival yeah. here in New York, and it was an amazing experience And that we had Anne Harada and Liz Larson played my mom's. It was really wonderful, and at the same time, it was challenging. We had to raise a lot of money. We had traveled down here by ourselves and did everything like we always did. Ever since Wiccan Wedding started, we had done the posters and the laundry and yeah. everything. Produce right act yeah everything we got a couple of licenses out it was challenging because the the mervishes who originally picked it up in, in toronto held the rights for it but they were not a licensing company it was challenging for us to get the word out and the way that that show spread was people would come to see it in rochester or at the finger lakes music theater festival in auburn uh, and then they would want to do the show based on that we performed it over and over again it was really fun we got to get married on stage ourselves it was a wonderful experience you appeared in it as well yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 in the original incarnations as well Yes. yes, from, from the, the beginning. beginning. From the beginning, yeah. So this yeah. was a vehicle for the two of you, in a way. Yeah, and the play, it was more popular than we were. So <laughs> we, we did fine. We did fine. We did fine. Everyone enjoyed but, like, our performances. Every, but, yeah. yeah, we started getting a lot of licenses, and we're like, do we want to go to the Soil Dove in Colorado? I think that's where it was. Yeah. And also, can they afford us? No. Can we afford it? No. It just started to be like, oh, wait a second. Okay. I think this is taking on a life of its own. I can't get it out of my head, but do you ever realize City of Angels also a little bit influenced Wicked Wedding, not so much Come From Away. You know, he's got the guy writing and he's telling the story. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway. It was very, anyway, it was very us telling our story, which to me, that's folk music, singer, songwriter. 
anti-Irene, that city of angels. That's so interesting. I just interviewed David Zippel a few weeks ago, so he'll be very interested to hear that. Yeah, yeah. And strong female leads in City of Angels, too. So this is your first experience with real people being characters in your play, including yourselves. Yeah. Obviously, you've continued that with Come From Away. And those are living people who can come and see the show and either like it or not like it. How was that experience with your mothers? We were really nervous about it. So first of all, we wrote the whole script for My Mother's Lesbian Jewish Wiccan Wedding, and it was all fictionalized. It was all just based on the name. It was like mix-ups, mayhem, and a gay wedding. Yeah, to quote Drowsy Chaperone. Yeah. But someone told Irene, what's so exciting about this is it's all true. And she came home and she was like, we need to change it all. We need to start over. And I was like, we can't, it can't be all true. It would have to be like this and this and this. And oh, this is actually really good. Wait, come over here. Let's, let's <laughs> work on this. It became important to us that it was true. And we saw later that it had inspired many people to come up to us and say, this story helped me come out. It inspired people to get married and get engaged on our stage. That 70 year old woman who, she came up to Astrid because Astrid was in my mother's, uh, Astrid Van Weeren, who's on Broadway with us, was in Wicked Wedding back in Toronto. And this old woman actually came up to her and said something like, I'm 70 years old and I'm Jewish and my daughter just married another woman and I wasn't okay with it. And now I am. It was kind of amazing. Really powerful. But the first people that we had to get their blessing from were my moms. We had not expected to write a story about them. And suddenly we had written a story about them and we sent the script to them and very nervously phoned them. And all we heard was laughter on the other end. They were howling and they couldn't believe that we were putting some of those stories on stage. I think they still can, but they loved it. It came from a place similar to Come From Away that it was about celebrating them and celebrating their love. They come to see Wicked Wedding and they do this the same at Come From Away and they sit in the front row and they hold hands and they sing along and are generally embarrassing. But I think we took that into Come From Away, which was our next project. It was the same thing, uh, especially once we had met the people. The story for that is that we had come back to Toronto after performing it somewhere. I think it's Rochester. Yeah. And we didn't know what our next project was. We didn't even know if we were going to write another musical. And Michael Rubinoff, who's now a friend of ours, was just starting something called the Canadian Music Theatre Project at Sheridan College, which is an incredible program. You get five weeks there with a director, with a cast of students that you get to work with and have so much energy. That was an opportunity to start doing a musical. We still hadn't agreed that this was a musical, but we wrote a grant, a grant pitch anyway, saying we're going to write a musical. I think it was called Gander at the time or... Or CYQX or something. 38 Planes. We had terrible titles at the beginning. And we got the grant. We got to go out to Newfoundland on the 10th anniversary. We had never been there before, but it was this unique opportunity to interview not only the locals there who were in prime storytelling mode at the 10th anniversary, but also so many come from away as we're returning. I'm reporting live from... New Finland for BBC, CBC, CTV, Al Jazeera. For Rogers TV, I'm Janice Mosher. On September 11th, 2011, the town is again filled with Come From Aways. On the 10th anniversary, from all around the world, we welcome back the plain people. And we got to interview them all, and it was this incredible experience. We interviewed everyone, literally from the flight attendant on our plane there to our hotel check-in was person. A big grant, and we felt a huge responsibility. You know, no one had ever yeah. handed us that much money before. And then as we did it, they invited us into their homes. They fed us. We got screeched in with them. We became oh, we had such a friends good with them and, yeah. and had such a good time. When you're doing a show about people who you fall in love with, who you also think are incredibly generous and you're telling a story about their generosity, it falls in the same line of you're telling their story in a way that you want to honor them and celebrate what they did. Are we at the start of a moment on the edge of the 
Don't go away. Broadway Nation will be back right after this short break. Hi, this is David Armstrong, and it's my great pleasure to welcome Factor as a sponsor to Broadway Nation this week. This spring, you can eat stress-free with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready-to-eat in just two minutes. You can choose from a weekly menu of 35 options, including popular options like Calorie Smart, Keto, Protein Plus, or my personal choice, Vegan and Veggie. You can also discover more than 60 add-ons every week, like breakfast, on-the-go lunches, snacks, and beverages that'll help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get chef-prepared meals on the table in two minutes with Factors ready-to-eat meals so you can get back to doing what you love this spring. If you're looking for gourmet meals, try meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, truffle butter, broccolini, and asparagus. These are no-fuss, no-muss meals, and Factor meals eliminate the hassle of prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. You simply heat and savor the good stuff. And you can tailor it all to your schedule. You can customize your weekly meals with the flexibility to get as much or as little as you need. And you can pause or reschedule the deliveries to suit your lifestyle. Factor is your solution for fast, premium meals without the need for cooking. And we're celebrating Earth Day all month long at Factor, so look out for the Earth Month Eats badge on the menu for the lowest carbon footprint meals. Here's what you do. Head to factormeals.com BN50 and use code BN50 to get 50% off your first box and 20% off your next box. That's code BN50, as in Broadway Nation, BN50. 50 at factormeals.com slash bn50 to get 50% off your first box and 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Do it now. Hello, it is Ryan and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to the rock. You had sort of the come from away experience yourselves there. Yeah. Exactly. Getting put up. And one time we were staying with this gentleman and he was going off to his cabin to get away from it all. There was only one main street in this town, but they were going to their cabin, which was, wow, we went there too. And it was, I panicked, like it's the middle of nowhere. But anyway, so he says, you got to lock the door, not because anything bad's going to happen, but I just don't want you to be startled if someone comes in for a cup of tea. And I'm like, okay. And I guess we forgot to lock the door after letting the cats back in or something. Because the next morning, buddy is sitting there having a cup of coffee and like, oh hi guess i'll show you around i was waiting for you to wake up and then it's like oh yeah just thank random you. i person think they were related but, but no. giving us a tour yeah we saw that time and time again people gave us presents people offered us food we were given the keys to the Kane family's house so generously and they didn't even know us they just said just feed the cats and they left it was amazing 
it's still amazing to be able to celebrate what they did. I think a lot of times I've seen people question how real the generosity was and come from away. Seeing it ourselves, we just wanted to convey to people that this is possible, that it is real. And, yeah, and, and we toned it down. Like, that's the crazy part. To make it more palatable, we had to take it down a notch. Like, yeah. We actually had to be like, mm, that's too sweet. You can't put that in because there's something wrong with our society. And you can show things as terrible as you want, but show something that's like a little bit too sweet and suddenly people are freaking out. They yeah. got to take it down on stuff. We often say that it says something about our society that we're so used to horrible things that when something wonderful comes up, when people are actually kind, we doubt it. Yeah. We don't believe it. Where did the idea for this come from? Did you remember this event? How did you go from even applying for this grant? What was the idea? So we had been living in New York over 9-11. We moved down there when Irene got her master's in 1999. And we were staying at this residence for international graduate students called International House, which had 110 different countries represented there by 700 students. So we had this amazing international community that on that day when we were so worried, they came over to our door and knocked on us to check if we were okay. We all gathered around a piano. There was music and art that brought us together at that time. And it was an international community taking care of one another while we waited for news. My cousin was in the towers, but fortunately got out of there. We saw in the aftermath of that, like so many New Yorkers, we saw so much kindness in response to that. People going back to the theater was a huge thing, but also people giving blood, people desperately trying to do something to help and to give back. And you know, when we talked to the Newfoundlanders later, what they say is that they were lucky that they were actually able to do something. And I think in, in many ways, in those days afterwards, part of the universal story that we've seen around the world is people felt so helpless, but really, really wanted to help. And in that time, people actually thanked us in International House for taking the plane. We were Canadians, so they were thanking Canada. And we barely knew what they were talking yeah. about, but we were like, uh, sure, you're welcome. We, great. But we were focused on what was happening there, obviously. Years later, and, and actually, it seemed to follow us a little bit in that Irene had a part in a TV movie where she played yeah. a, a flight attendant on one of the planes. Yeah. And to research for that, I remember listening to the transcripts of the phone calls. Yeah. yeah. Then years later, our friend Michael, who we mentioned earlier, said, do you know what happened in Gander? And do you think it would make a good musical? He had already approached, I think, five other writing teams. Yeah. And they had all said, that's a terrible idea. There's no way I'm going anywhere near that. But I think because of our experience in New York, because we had seen an international community that was responding with kindness, because we'd seen the kindness itself, and because we knew that there was no way we were going to tell a 9-11 story. We weren't telling a story about our experience in New York, except in the kindness that we had seen that was reflected in the story in Newfoundland. And it only grew from there. The grant application, it's similar in some ways to what you see on stage. We said, you know, it's going to be bare bones. We're just going to use chairs to tell the story. We are going to tell as many stories as we possibly possibly could. We were going to use Newfoundland music because I wanted to at that point. And yeah. eventually I convinced Irene that we... Oh my should. God. No, as soon as the band hit the stage, I was convinced. That's yeah. all it took. Yeah. And then once we got out there, that's what we set out to do. I often say that most great musicals start with what seems like a terrible idea. <laughs> right? Think of Les Mis. Les Mis is a terrible idea for a musical. It's a yeah. giant yeah. book that most people never make it through. It's three and a half hours long originally and written by French people who are not famous for writing musicals. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love the three and a half hour version. Oh my God. <laughs> now talk us through the highlights of this writing process. This is not an easy show, not an easy story. What even is the story I'm sure you had to grapple with first? Give us a little of the play-by-play -play for that. 
So the first thing we did, we spent almost a month out in Newfoundland and we talked about it nonstop. It's where we first heard the term come from away and Irene suggested it as a title. It's where we were carefully writing down every single story we could and talking about how exciting it would be to tell all these stories. And we had pages and pages and pages. And while we were there, we started to lump them into stories about faith or stories about food or stories about music, trying to find some structure for it. And then we highlighted the stories that felt like more than just anecdotes. They were stories that had a beginning, a middle, and end. Beverly Bass's story had this rich, rich history, and then she had the experience of landing there, and then she had the experience of seeing her industry crumble, and then she returned. There was something sweeping about that. Nick and Diane came together separately with their separate histories, met each other, were pulled apart, and then came back again. So it was stories like that that we sort of put at the top of our list, and then we realized that we could hang these other anecdotes along these spine stories. We had a number of stories that we were going to follow and everything else we could sort of put in, every little detail that we wanted to find a way in. I think we just talked that through and talked that through forever. Yeah. And then began at the beginning. And the first thing we wrote was Welcome to the Rock. And it's very similar to the way it is longer and the lyrics have changed a million times. And yet, if you hear the original version on covers from away, which we just put out, it's recognizable. That's the first thing. I don't know if many people get this experience, but Welcome to the Rock was inspired by the Navigator song, The Islander. And then on covers from away, we got the Navigators to sing Welcome to the Rock. Welcome to the Tauris and the Come From Aways. Welcome to the locals who have always said they stay. My father, father, father's crashy ship into this rock. Having a hell don't matter much because it's here I'm stuck. Welcome to the rock, welcome to Newfoundland It's harder to Manhattan than it is to Ireland You see no man's an island, but an island makes a man Especially when one comes from one like Newfoundland Describe Covers From Away just a little bit since it's come up here. I listened to it the other day. Sure. Covers From Away was a dream of mine for a while now. The original idea has always been with Come From Away to give back. And part of that is inspired by the generosity that we saw there, but also that we're so thankful for the people there for giving us their stories. And we've done that in many ways. We've used the show to donate to the SPCA there and to many charities across Newfoundland, starting from our very first workshop. But we always thought if you love the music of Come From Away, if you love the world of Come From Away, you need to love the musicians who originally inspired it. We wanted to introduce the world to them. It was always a dream to see if they would do a Hamilton mixtape with Newfoundland artists and have them cover our songs. You're planning this album before. <laughs> you're, before we even had a script, you were like, wouldn't it be amazing? And I was like, how we're writing a musical and not making an album, what's happening? Yeah. I mean, this is me who grew up on folk music. Yeah. I grew up on these bands and I got to hang out with them. So it not only was that an amazing experience, but also it became collaborative. We dug into our old lyrics and we also wrote new lyrics and they combined them with indigenous prayers from their own histories. And it was a really wonderful project process to put it together. Did you do that during the pandemic? When did that all come together? We did, yeah. And that was another part of it was just at a time when these musicians couldn't tour and couldn't make money. We reached out to our record company. We said, is now a good time that we can actually give them some money and they can record in their studios all over Newfoundland and we can make this album this way and it works beautiful. When you have the time to focus on it. Yeah, exactly. I am an Islander. Welcome to the common, to the trees and to the fog and to the fairies and the dairies and the fame of fisheries and to the kitchen parties and wonder part of dinner. You never know we need a little bit of heaven Where we started to the town and out of town On Guadalajara We are the forest but the rest of them Come to the same channel With the sales of a bird to a friend To the end of the world We came up to the rock 
So now you're gathering these stories. I'm sure they're competing with one another to who's going to get the stage time as you're working on it. Continue with that process. We started off at Sheridan. The first draft that we brought in was... <laughs> we didn't was, finish it in the four-hour rehearsal time. We didn't get through Act 1. A lot of it was cutting it down. We did the first workshop, which became sort of the first half of the show. It was about 45 minutes, but also included costume party, I remember. And Stop the World. And Stop the World. Yeah. We sort of had up to half of the show and then a couple other songs that we thought would fit in eventually. But that was basically the Nant cut. Yeah, yeah. So what happened is we did it as a workshop at Sheridan. It went very well. Everyone responded really positively to it. And then we had heard of NAMPT. Michael had been down to NAMPT and had suggested that we go down. With we, him. Yeah. yeah we, we went down to watch the NAMPT festival. We yeah. were like the only writers of that show, I think, sitting there. You just heard David and Irene refer to NAMPT which is industry shorthand for the National Alliance for Musical Theater, a not-for-profit organization that serves more than 200 theater companies, presenting organizations, higher education programs, and individual producers located in 33 states and abroad. NAMP's signature event is its annual Festival of New Musicals, during which eight new musicals that have been selected through a careful and highly competitive process are then edited down to 45 minutes and presented as staged readings to an audience of producers, theater companies, and industry professionals. Two other organizations that will come up in the conversation shortly are Junkyard Dog Productions and Goodspeed Musicals. Junkyard Dog Productions is the Tony and Olivier Award-winning producing company that produced the Broadway hits Memphis and Come From Away. It was founded by Sue Frost, Randy Adams, and Kenny and Marlene Alhadif. And as you will hear, Kenny also is a longtime member of the Board of Trustees of the Fifth Avenue Theater in Seattle. Goodspeed Musicals is the renowned theater company in Connecticut with a long and illustrious history of producing and developing new musicals and which each year produces its own festival of new works. All of these, NAMPT, Goodspeed, the Fifth Avenue Theater, Junkyard Dog, and the Canadian Music Theater Project at Sheridan College, where Come From Away began, are part of a small but vibrant network of organizations that are dedicated to developing new musicals and nurturing the next generation of musical theater artists. Yeah, and no one knew who we were. We kept bothering them. We bothered Sue Frost, but and she was she's busy. Like, uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> so David is like remarkably optimistic, and he's like, I'm just going to write everyone and see if they want to do this show. And I'm like, David, no one's going to write you back. I did my research, though. I researched all the theater uh-huh. companies and found out if they, did, if they did workshops. And one of the people I wrote to was Donna Lynn Hilton at Goodspeed. And she wrote back almost immediately saying, we have this festival happening here as well. Would you like to be part of it? Unfortunately, it was at exactly the same time that our next workshop of Come From Away was happening at Sheridan. And we were about to not do it. And we wrote to Michael, we're like, don't you worry, Michael, we're going to do this workshop. We're going to say no to Goodspeed. And, and then the phone starts ringing. He's like, no, you're not. Yeah, he was like, <laughs> that's not. crazy. You don't say no to Goodspeed. <laughs> So we figured out a way to do it concurrently with students in both countries like, working on the show about yeah, cross-border collaboration. at the time that we were video rehearsing and cut to Zoom. now, Zoom. Par for the course now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we workshopped it there. That's where we got to the end of the show. Two acts, two and a half hours, not three and a half hours, but two hours. Yeah. yeah. We workshopped it in both places. We did a recording at Sheridan because they had a recording studio there. When we were at Goodspeed, 
Brandon Holdeen, who was running the NAMP festival at the time, walked by us and said, if you don't apply to my festival, you're dead to me. And that was the <laughs> only words he said to us when we were terrified of it. So we applied and we got in, which was amazing in itself. And then Irene sent in the final NAMP cut two days after giving birth to our daughter from a hospital room. Yeah, I did that. Yeah. Oh, that poor kid. And NAMP was amazing. It reintroduced us to Junkyard Dog Productions. When we first did My Mother's Elizabeth Jewish Wicked Wedding at the NIMP Festival, a stage manager, a friend of our family, introduced us to Sue and Randy at Junkyard Dog Productions just because he wanted us to know good people. And then later, when they brought Memphis to Toronto, they invited us out for breakfast. And it was actually the first day of our workshop of Come From Way. And we told them we were working on the show about at Newfoundland over 9-11. And they thought we were insane, <laughs> but they were very sweet. And then they came to NAMP. And Kenny Alhada was the first person at our table outside. You stand there hoping that someone's going to come and everyone came to introduce themselves and it was wonderful. We were really lucky that we had some incredible choices and we went with the people who had made us laugh all along, who we had enjoyed breakfast with, who we wanted to get together with. But having said that, they were really clear with us. They said, we don't know if this is a Broadway show. We don't know if it'll ever go to Broadway. It has no stars in it. It's a group musical. Everyone's going to call it the 9-11 musical which we have to overcome. And it has a title that no one can remember. We started doing just readings and workshops. I just want to sidebar. I will say there's something really comforting about that. You know, we've been through experiences before with Wicked Wedding and with Come From Away, where people were like, in order to make this commercial, you need to do this, this, and this. And I was like, I don't ever want to make something up or say something happened that I can't confidently sit down and have coffee with Nick and Diane and say, so this is what your story's doing now. It wasn't worth it for us to compromise our relationships with these people in order to try to make something happen. To change their stories to make it more commercial. Yeah. yeah. We wanted them to tell us that we'd gotten it right. That was our main goal. And everything else didn't matter. Our original thought was that Canadian high schools would be forced to do this show. So you know, <laughs> everything else was gravy on top of that. I firmly believed that it would never be done in the States. But that's okay. This is an important story to be out there. So there's something quite freeing about just doing the best story you can and not trying to make it into something. We did one or two table reads, but then the first real workshop that we got to play with Chris Ashley, who was locked in his office by Donna Harrell, who told him, hey, you need to read the script and I'm locking you in until you read it. Chris afterwards said, okay, I want to do it. Donna was like, well, you have to interview first for it. And he's like, what are you talking about? I haven't interviewed for anything. And she's like, well, these are Canadians who don't have any idea who you are. You have to interview for it. Anyway, Chris was on board. We brought on Kelly Devine and Ian Eisendrath because we were doing a workshop out at Fifth Avenue. <laughs> to Seattle, which was so yeah. exciting. Of course, Kenny Alhadif had a great deal to do with that. He not only advocated for the show with Sue and Randy, he advocated for the show with us as well. He wouldn't shut up about it, in fact, which was... <laughs> and I hadn't been at NAMP. I missed NAMP that year for some reason. And not having seen it, I'm sure I had the same hesitation that everybody else had when you just heard about it when you didn't have the opportunity to sit there and experience those incredible songs. But even then, it took a while for people to latch on. And I'll admit I was one of them at the beginning. But from the first day of the workshop in Seattle, it was clear that this was something amazing. On the next episode of Broadway Nation, David, Irene, and I will continue our conversation as we follow the journey of Come From Away through its workshop in Seattle to its ultimate success on Broadway and around the world. Broadway Nation is written and produced by me, David Armstrong. 
If you enjoy this podcast, please follow, rate, and review it on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. This is by far one of the best ways to help other musical theater fans discover Broadway Nation. Special thanks to Pals Mox, who helped me to edit this episode, KVSH 101.9, the voice of beautiful Vashon Island, Washington, and the entire team at the Broadway Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, put your seatbacks and tray tables up. Right below us is the city where I grew up. Coming round past the field when the wheels touch the ground. The taxi and we're all cheering, we're down. Thanking everyone, thank you for flying American. Hugging them, hugging the crew, cause we're home again. Past the gate, up the stairs, and we're there. And he's waiting in line. No, I'm fine, Tom. I'm fine. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.